Hey everyone, this podcast is part of Story Mode, the podcast network of Gamefully Unemployed. You can support us and gain access to other great exclusive podcasts at patreon.com slash gamefullyunemployed. That's patreon.com slash g-a-m-e-f-u-l-l-y unemployed, which is spelled like it sounds. Hi everybody. Hello everyone. My name is David Bell. My name is Tom Ryman. And we just watched Mean Streets. Mean Streets. Yeah, mm. not nice. Mean not streets? Nice streets. Hey, it's a Mean Streets. <laughs> it's a hey. Is it a Mean Street? <laughs> mean Streets is about you. Got to be like me, Tony. I just be sure and tell him to be here tonight, all right? Michael. Giovanni. Hey, wait a minute. Wait a minute, Johnny. You know, Tony, you got to worry about talking about one thing and then zap. And about Charlie. About Charlie who played me laughed. <laughs> that is a good way to sum up this film. Listen. <laughs> that is the movie. That is saying, yeah. yeah. Hey, these streets are pretty mean. <laughs> Yo, hey, oh. hey. <laughs> these streets are pretty uh, fucking mean. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Okay, so it's Thursday, so it I, I need <laughs> I need to think. <laughs> I need I, I need to thank um uh, uh, a a special someone. Big thanks to David Knife Boot Knife Ensign. Boot. Uh, thank you so much. You gave us a choice between this and I forget what else. Yeah, who cares? It's Mean Streets, yeah. baby. Mean Streets. Uh, so yeah, uh, 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 Mr. Knife Boot. Thank you so much. Thank you for being a supporter. Thank you, ever everybody. You know, I'm a lot of love to everyone. A lot of love to spread around. Yeah, that's the that's yeah, that's so, one of the core themes of Mean Streets. This is the 1973. Yes, I want to say. Yeah, Martin Scorsese film. I didn't. I thought this was Post Taxi Driver. It is not. No, it is not. It's extremely not. The moment I looked at it, the moment it started, I was like, "Oh shit, this is old." It's uh, it's very old, but it's also fun how just extremely Scorsese it already is. It starts with that fucking Be My Baby song. And I was like, really, Scorsese? Yeah. You're going to be this Scorsese this early? Mm -hmm. Just straight out of the gate. He's such a fucking hipster with his soundtracks. Well, uh, from what Um, I was reading, like, well, yeah, but like the soundtrack was just his own records. (laughs) Yeah. He's just like, uh, the song and this. Yeah. It's always like, it's either like, like the Rockettes, like that kind of like rock from the 50s yeah. or it's like the rolling stones <laughs> it's yeah or it's fucking the, yeah. sid vicious doing my way that's it's, it's, right yeah <laughs> whenever he rolls out punk rock i'm like oh shit uh and it's always appropriate for the departed i was like yep <laughs> no he kills it yeah he's got yeah. A, he's, he's he's um very good at uh matching he's a hipster music. with yep. his music mm-hmm. yeah which is a sign of a good director i think it's yeah. one of those it's one of those things i always told myself i can't quite be a director because I don't know enough music, which sounds stupid, but it's kind of important for a director to have that knowledge, I think. Yeah, I, don't, uh, I mean, I don't think it, yeah, I don't think it precludes people from being a director, obviously. No, but, yeah, but I it, think it, it's, yeah, it's definitely it's like a, a tool, skill. you yeah. know, it's like you want your tool belt to be big and meaty, meaty tool belt. Because, mm-hmm. um, man, these streets are mean. So you got to, yeah, you got to have an equally mean tool belt. Had you seen this before? No, no, never. Neither had I. Um. And I didn't, I assumed that it was going to be violent as hell and a bummer. Uh, and it was not quite that. Not really. And it reminded me that Scorsese, 
is known for doing crime movies, uh, cl- crime dramas, but that's not all he does, and it's not all he ever did. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. He's done comedies in this era. Uh, so it was. It, that's my first revelation, is that this is kind of a comedy. A little, would, yeah. Would you agree? I wouldn't agree fully. I wouldn't totally call it a comedy, but it's definitely closer to that than like... I mean, well, it's hard to say because there's like, like Goodfellas has some really funny parts and like, it's, yeah. there's, there's always a through line of black comedy through even through most of his films. I mean, obviously it's not, right. not really in like the last temptation of Christ or, uh, uh Cape great. fear. It's not really any in Cape fear, but yeah. Um, he does have, when he's doing his like crime epics, there's part of what he likes about it. Or at least yeah, they're, what it, they're it, wise it, guys. Yeah, and they're they're kind of like you know they're kind of like bozos. <laughs> like yeah, they, they're not they're, they're not like super intelligent dudes or anything. They're just dudes that are in this business. So it just yeah, it just reminded me kind of a, of Guy Ritchie, and that the comedy stems from like a lot of dumb shit. Mm-hmm. People doing dumb shit. Yeah, and like yeah, how did you like this movie? I enjoyed it. Yeah. It, it, I liked it. Yeah, it was interesting to watch, and I texted you this while I was watching it because one of the things this movie is notable for, uh, obviously, it's it's you know one of Scorsese's. I think it's his first major film. Um, uh, yeah, I think that's fair to say. Feels like that's correct. Um, you know, it, it's got early roles from Harvey Keitel and Robert De Niro in it. Um, they are younger than us. They are in this stupidly young, and it's. Uh, I I did the maths. Uh, De Niro is thirty, uh, and um, uh, Harvey Keitel is thirty three. I think. Okay. And uh, like I said that to Hannah watching, and she just said, "Sunscreen, man." <laughs> it's like it's true because it's like people just looked older. Yeah. 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 Yeah, people just looked way old. Like, yeah, I think we were talking about that in the Conjuring episode recently. Right. Or looking fifty-five in nineteen eighty-one was like yeah. being ninety-seven in in today. Yeah, uh, exactly. But, so this movie, I, it, it's not like flat out. It's it's not quite as zany as Lockstock or Snatch, but there's no, there's no, some of those elements to it, and it also has this really um, there's a lot of tension to this film, and it's hard to tell how intentional it was because the tension for me watching it was coming from waiting for Robert De Niro to be Robert De Niro. <laughs> right. It's, and it's like, I don't, you know, audiences watching this movie when it came out, obviously would not have any reason to be sitting there waiting for it because nobody knows who he is yet. That's the weird thing about this movie. It's a lot of these actors before, this is why I like watching early Scorsese is because you're watching these actors still just as actors yeah uh and they, they, they haven't don't have been like typecast. personas yet yeah yeah um i i will say this felt i could feel the 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 oldness of this film if that makes sense where it's like i like it but like i can uh, i i can see this boring the hell out of people uh it's not it's dated it's a dated film yeah not like not the same way as like goodfellas is or taxi driver it's 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 more dull he doesn't have the resources yet to do the things he wants to do mm-hmm. so i don't know it's it, it's it was surprising to me as how like mundane the story was uh yeah and how simple everything was 
Yeah. And De Niro. Yeah. De Niro, you know who he reminded me of? Uh, or his character, rather? Uh, he's Ziggy. Yeah. He is Ziggy. He's fucking Ziggy. He even looks so, like Ziggy. Yeah. De Niro plays basically a fuck up. Yeah. Uh, not not a very De Niro role. No, but he he still has that menace, and he does a De Niro thing toward uh, toward the end, where you're like, "Oh, yeah. there it is, there he is, <laughs> there he is." For people who don't know, Ziggy is a character in The Wire, the Wire. season two. Yeah. It's not like someone we know. Uh, yeah, who's, no, uh, yeah, just the person who's their own worst enemy. They yeah. keep doubling down, burning bridges, doing the worst yeah. possible things they can do in any given yeah. moment, dragging anyone around them down with them, yeah. like it's in a way where yeah. you're like, you know that something bad's gonna happen right to them it's just a matter just of time because it. yeah because he's such a disaster yeah and w- even when people give them something yeah it it completely blows up like it's yeah and then they also have the quality of being mad that things don't work out one of my favorite ziggy moments um i know we're not talking about the wire but when he bring he buys a pet duck brings it to the bar lets it drink and, and it then dies. gets mad when it dies yeah. and it's like it's perfect because it's like you did that ziggy you did that yeah and you're mad that yeah. it happened <laughs> yeah that's this is entire character yeah exactly <laughs> it's like you did this and that's and that's de niro in this movie he plays a character named johnny boy the first thing we see him do is blow up a mailbox that was perfect yeah perfect perfect introduction to this character <laughs> yeah i thought that was, we were gonna find out why he did that but i don't think we really do no it's just a thing he does they're also like they're generic crime guys like i never got a handle of like they're what is what's the grift you they're know all, like they're, just, they're all just low level it's this one of the things this movie reminded me of is a thing that just happens a lot in independent movies. So when you tend to watch the early films of a lot of directors, yeah, it's particularly within this genre. I don't, I don't know quite how to articulate what I'm saying, but there's always like the sense of you mentioned the story's real mundane. That seems to always be a factor there, and it's always like you know like one or two locations that we spend a lot of time in and so it's like just by virtue of your resources are extremely limited the stories tend to become very similar yeah well what's interesting is this didn't feel like it was very structured like you look at lock stock and two smoking barrels Mm -hmm. um which again it's not these aren't the same movie but they're both crime directors doing early work and that one, they do, they you can see just like this movie, you can see the early works. You can see how he's going to turn out as yeah. Scorsese. It's the same with Guy Ritchie. But there's an inciting incident, you know, like it's oh, our neighbors are like doing a bank robbery. Is it a ba- they're robbing a a weed dealer? I think a weed farm. Yeah, and like they're going to get in on. They're going to rob them. And so there's like okay, group of guys. Uh, they're all kind of generic crime guys, low level. They get an idea. It spins out of control. And this, it's 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 sort of like a very slow burn where it's just, it's, it's Harvey Keitel plays, and I think this is the core of the movie, which we can get to, um, a very religious, young, like Catholic uh, Italian. And he has a struggle in his head between doing good and uh, being part of this, again, like kind of generic crime group of friends yeah he's gonna own his father's restaurant but it doesn't seem i can't tell how plugged in his father or his his uncle uncle. it's his uncle yeah and it seems to imply that there's some crime stuff there uh and yeah the interesting thing is we it's 
it's it's very much on the outs. It's it's like it's Goodfellas from like the point of view of somebody trying to get in to that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and struggling with the idea of yeah, it. yeah. So it's like his uncle is a dude that's plugged in. Um, we see them have like one or two extremely mobster conversations, uh, <laughs> particularly later on when Robert Carradine shoots David Carradine. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, in the bar, and David Carradine refuses to die. <laughs> that was, that's the stuff where I'm like, this is Guy Ritchie. <laughs> yeah, that's A guy true. gets shot and, and tries to choke out the dude who's already shot yeah. him like six times. Yeah, he just won't yeah. die. And he won't die. And, and they that's have not to run realistic. out the back and like casually walk away. Like they, they shut yeah. all the lights off and walk out the back and act like they exactly. weren't there. <laughs> and that's very, that's like not a Scorsese thing, really. Because, like, that seems almost unrealistic for a Scorsese film. Yeah. Uh, and I loved it. Yeah. It was delightful. But, yeah, it's it's their real, like, all Harvey Keitel's job really is is going and collecting debts for his uncle. That's all he really does. Right. Um, and basically, Johnny Boy is his cousin, who's just a big-time fuck-up and owes everybody money and never pays up and is flippant about not paying up. Yeah. Uh, and that, and, and they he's like kind of told, friends. he's told like, don't hang out yeah. with that kid. Um, and then is it his cousin is the, the lady, the neighbor that he's fucking? It's like a distant, Stupin, it's like she's dating. She's Johnny boy's cousin. So she would be like Harvey Keitel's like third or fourth cousin. That's fine. That's fine. Is it? Wait, well, is that fine? I mean, it's still a little weird, but I think it's distant enough that it's not like, Yeah. Uh, that's not the conflict. Anyway, the that's conflict not the point. That's he's told the, yeah. he's told to like stay away from her as well. It's the idea. I think I think the movie comes down to for me. It's the idea of like loyalty and morality. Um, uh, uh, kind of versus like ambition. I think so. Like it's this idea that he wants his heart wants one thing. And his brain wants another, whereas that it starts with him in a church and he's talking about, I think, hell, right? I think so. Uh, and he, fe- he keeps feeling uh, flames. And so he's scared of hell. And he, there's a part of him who's like, I, I just want to settle down with this, this woman who I, uh, I, I think he loves her. I don't know. It's complicated. Uh, and, and that's one part of him. And like, he likes his friend Johnny, uh, but his friend's shitty. And so there's like these, it's like kind of woven in where it's like he's loyal yeah, to some well, people. It's, it's, it's hard. It, to... It's all. Yeah. He's it's... conflicted. He's, he's a young man yeah. at a crossroads. Yeah. Uh, and he's very conflicted about what to do. And then like everything sort of catches up to him. Yeah. Um, Wait, it's not. I think it's less that he it's less that he likes Johnny and more that he feels responsible. Like it's a lot of. It's another. Yeah, loyal, it's another loyalty is a good word thing. For it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like he feels like he has to to look out for Johnny because he's family. It's almost. It's like loyalty versus faith, where it's like the good, the morality, um, the good side of him knows. Like I shouldn't be around these guys. I shouldn't be doing this stuff for my uncle. Like it feels like that's what the whole fear of hell part is, where he knows what he the path he's going down isn't moral, uh, but. He doesn't know how to get out. Yeah. Or it, or if he, he really wants to. Or if he really wants to. Yeah. yeah. And then there's a lot of stuff where it's like, you can't hang around these people. Uh, and that's another conflict. And then 
there's his his love interest and he's not supposed to be around her either um and then at the end they're kind of gonna leave and then shit gets complicated (laughs) yeah um (laughs) you know what i really wanted and i know there's no way for this to have happened what's that in that ending car uh, scene instead of what happens uh batman just Batman shows up. I really wanted Batman in this because they're like Batman villains, right? Like low level goons. I mean, they're they're the kind of guys that would be like, "It's the Bat," you know? Yeah, I really want a story like a like a Scorsese type story a, a story about low level goons in Gotham, and then it just gets interrupted at the end by Batman, and then he shows up and he puts them all in a coma. Right. This yeah. doesn't have to be about Inst- Batman, but instead, yeah. Instead of the baptism montage in The Godfather, it's it's a montage yeah. of Batman just beating the Christ out of all the people we've seen yeah. in the movie yeah. up to that point. Just sudden Batman. And just all of a sudden, like, here's uh. fucking Batman. Yeah. Don't even, t- yeah, they don't even tell you that this is a Batman movie. Yeah. You just have to learn it. Um, any Anyway, um, we should probably go through the plot, but again, there's no, like, it didn't feel like there was an inciting incident. You know what I mean? Not really. It's like... They talk a little bit about like the impending festival, which is I think it's Halloween, because um, they they mention it's the season of the witch a few times, which apparently was the original right. title of the film. Oh, but I'm glad that went to another movie. And like, there's a, there's a scene where like there's clearly people having a, a big party in an apartment building across the street, so it seems like that's. But even that doesn't. We don't get a sense of really why that matters. Like they mention it a few times, like oh, the season always bugs me. I hate it when the festival comes around. But like, why? Yeah. I don't know. It just kind of starts. You're right. It just like throws us in the middle of here's this guy's life that's already uh, in action. There was um, a lot of several yeah. times in this movie. I was like, am I lost? And I checked Wikipedia. And it was like, no, that's just the things that happen. <laughs> so yeah. Far. Well, and there's two elements. You mentioned that it's dated and there's two filmmaking things that are in this movie. One of which is just it's just a thing that's not done anymore. So it read as extremely confusing and that is there's two there's two different narrators and they're two different voices and they're supposed to be it's all still supposed to be harvey keitel's character but that is never clear so it's you're hearing this other person narrate who i found out is scorsese he's doing the narration and that's but it's supposed to be the voice of like harvey keitel's morality and it just does ah. not read. So it's like, what the fuck is this narration? I'm so confused. Who is that talking? Is re- yeah. I do like playing with that idea. I mean, like, Goodfellas does that where they swap the narrator. Right, but it's clear. You know, it, it's, but it's uh, clear, the, the, yes. I'm not talking about the narration as a device. I'm just, this particular implementation of it oh, was... Oh, yeah. Well, the way it's done, too, is that yeah. it's a very calm voice. And I kept thinking, like, oh, is this, like, someone... Yeah. Is this like a voiceover from another scene that mm-hmm. we're going to see? It's just not clear, yeah. Yeah. And I got yeah, I got the idea. Uh but you're right. It's I did very... I had to read that. I was like I don't understand oh, really? what this narration is cuz that I, is not I actually Harvey Keitel's voice. See, I didn't even identify it as not his voice. I was just like, "Oh, he's like doing a thing." <laughs> I guess. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Cuz it sounds calmer yeah. than his voice. Yeah. And I was I was like, "Oh, okay, this is an inner monologue." But it is done in this very, like, it's, it's, yeah, it's very, it's not something you see anymore. No. And there's a, there's a, there's a, a continuity error that 
is oh. you know that happens like whatever but because of the, who the director is and the genre that this is for a second i was like i was confused as to okay i was like okay wait is this movie not told in sequence like what it's right there's a scene where when the Michael and Tony, who are the other two main characters, uh, rip those kids off. <laughs> the oh fireworks. yeah, that was great. Yeah, it's the a great fucking scene. the Ramones show up to buy some heroin. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and they're like, "You got any firecrackers?" You got any fireworks? Like, oh, look <laughs> yeah. at these dirt bags. Yeah, and uh, yeah, they <laughs> and they're just like, "We got twenty five bucks." They're like, "Sweet, let's go to the movies." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, but like Tony's hand is bandaged in that scene and it's from the later scene when they get into a big fight in the pool hall. I loved that pool fight. It's great. That's, that's again, very Guy Ritchie where it's like, it just escalates and then it happens again. Yeah. And it's so like, it's so sloppy and everyone looks dumb and it's just like, it's nobody looks cool. Yeah. It's supposed to be funny. It's just this big sloppy, stupid brawl. But that's where yeah. he hurts his hand, and it's just a, he just you know in editing they, they just decided sequence, yeah, yeah they just decided to move that scene earlier. But like so at, for a second I was like legitimately confused. It's like oh is this like a Pulp Fiction situation? <laughs> like, right. But, that no, no it, it, it's it it's a confusing movie for the reasons you're outlining now, and then also the fact that it doesn't the movie never really begins. Yeah, it doesn't really um, have a story or an inciting incident. It's just like no. It's a series of moments. Yeah, it's counting down basically until Johnny Boy digs himself into a hole that he can't get out of. Right, and it's not even that. I mean, and this is very Scorsese. It's very a lot of things where his gambling debts are kind of a background mm-hmm. thing. Like you know, it's gonna come up. Yeah, but it, it's it's like this guy hangs around and he's like, "Where is he?" Uh, and he's really disrespectful to him. And you get that feeling of like, yeah, this motherfucker's going to show up with a gun at some point <laughs> because they just keep shitting on this one guy yeah. who doesn't seem particularly like, he doesn't seem not dangerous, you know? Like, yeah. It, he's he's one, not like he's a, one of a like, coward. No, it's, in, it's, it's kind of interesting because he's not like, yeah, he doesn't seem like he's not dangerous, but he also, he's not like especially menacing because he's one of the four core group of friends in the movie it's just like right as they keep getting together and de niro keeps shit just pissing in his face every time he asks for the money that he fucking owes him (laughs) right it just gets more and more like you're like fuck like yeah he's gonna come he's gonna fucking come back with a gun yeah (laughs) he's gonna come end the whole fucking movie for everyone And I think I think during when this came out, maybe that was less of a cliche. It's not even a cliche now. No. Um, but they, you know, you know, you kind of know the idea that you, movies love to do yeah. this, mm-hmm. where there's like a side character that you know is going to come up at some point. <laughs> Did you happen to notice? Um, I mean, what happens basically is 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 Johnny keeps pissing in this guy's Michael's face uh, for so yeah, long. Meanwhile, to the, to the point where he ends up shooting him in the end. Obviously. Yeah, meanwhile, Harvey Keitel is struggling with... He's the main character. He's struggling with all of this. He's... um, It's it's the, the, the third cousin neighbor uh, that they're, they're shtupin. Yeah. Uh, and he, he's, he's sort of kept it secret. Johnny Boy finds out about it. Um, and then at the end, he clearly... Johnny Boy's fucked up so many times that they're like, we need to get out of here. Yeah, we need to just and get so, you out of New York. <laughs> yeah. 
And so they get in the car, and I, I keep forgetting the character's name, but she is like, I'm, I'm coming. Teresa I'm is com- the cousin. Teresa. Mm-hmm. She's like, I'm coming with you. Uh, fuck that shit. You, well, you don't want me to come? I'm coming anyway. Well, it's interesting And that's when the Batman should have jumped on the car. Yeah. But instead, um, what were you, sorry, what were you going to say? It's, it's the first time that he relents, because there's a few times earlier right. in the movie where Therese is trying to put her foot down and be like, no, I'm going to come, and he has to be like, you really can't come to this, because this is yeah. like, dangerous. And then in this scene, he finally relents, because it seems like he's finally like, fuck it, I'm just going to leave with these... These are, these are the yeah. people I care about. I'm just going to leave with these people. So he finally agrees to let her come with. <laughs> right. And they have this moment of happiness yeah. in the car yeah. where like they're getting out. Like they're just going to And they go. even break the narration, which I thought was a fun gag to do. Yeah. Because they, they, he does the inner monologue again. But for the first time, we see Harvey Keitel and he's speaking it diegetically. And then the other characters react. Like De Niro's yeah, exactly. like, the fuck are you talking to yourself? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is great because what that symbolizes yes. is that this character is becoming open. Yes. And he's, he's not he's taking control. He's integrating both of those personalities yeah. in his mind. It's now one voice. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that alone would have like I I, I think you could have ended it there. You could have. Yeah. Uh and he kind of does the, the clerk's ending, the, the clerk's original ending. Where, uh, so they're driving, and he sort of has to because of, yeah, you know, he's where been, we're at He's in the been story. building to it, so yeah. Yeah, and a car pulls up, and the sequence is really fascinating, because it's disorienting mm-hmm. in the same way it would be for the characters, because they're playing the music, and like, the music doesn't stop because he's shooting. No. Uh, and they're, conf- they're confused, um, and the shots are kind of quick, and, and, and you're like, it shows the chaos of the moment. Yeah. Because the car shoots at the other car. Uh, you're not quite sure who's hit. You're, you're sh- I mean, Johnny Boy definitely seems gets like he's hit been hit. Neck, yeah, but you're not sure who else. Yeah. Uh, the car skids out, crashes, and that's when the music ends because that's where it would end. Yeah. Uh, and then the ending is basically just him getting dragged out by the ambulance, and Johnny Boy is wandering down the street, right? Presumably to die. Yes, but it's we don't see him die, so it could be. It's, yeah. it's 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 interesting it's almost the exact same thing that happens to him in taxi driver um, yeah with the same level of sort of ambiguity although i think taxi driver's a little is a little less ambiguous it's pretty clear that travis bickle's not dead at the end of that yes um but yeah it's like yeah they get into this the is accident. like we don't see him die, but like, yeah, motherfucker got shot in the neck. He got so. shot in the neck. A cartel got shot in the hand. It doesn't look like Teresa got shot, but she's busted up by the. They, yeah, we see that she's alive. They walk her out of the car. Um, and I think, yeah, the implication is this is going to suck them back, right? Yeah, yeah. They, this is well. The implication is this is what happens when you try to leave. Right, and it's going to create a cycle of revenge yeah. and mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. And did like you happen the to notice? Going to get involved? <laughs> did you happen to notice who? It was. It's. It's. Uh, it's. It's Michael who does it. The the friend that De Niro kept pissing off. But he he's driving and he has a trigger man in the back seat. Did you notice who the trigger man is? No. It's Scorsese. Of course it is. Yeah. He loves being in his movies at this yeah. point. His mom shows up too. When, uh, oh, yeah. when Teresa has a, a seizure, there's a subplot about Teresa having epilepsy and she has a seizure in one scene and this one of right. the random old Italian neighbors shows up to help and it's just Scorsese's mom. Scorsese's mom, yeah. yeah. That makes sense. They, yeah. yeah. It, it, uh, it, it's like, it, that feels like a symptom of being an early filmmaker 
Yeah. You put yourself in it. You put your family in it. Your friends. Yeah. I don't like how how much I'm matching this up with Clerks now. No, I had the same thought. Like watching this movie because it's a straightforward story where a lot of events are happening in the background, but we're just hearing about it, and that's because it's a limitation of the resources. Um, it's primarily takes place in that bar, right? Um, it, uh, like so, like about, watching it, I was just like, yeah, this is Scorsese's Clerks. It is. Um, well, if I was like writing an article about this, like there's so many more things you could say. It's yeah. um, his both parents show up. Um, both the the directors show up in un- unspeaking roles, sort of. I think Scorsese uh, has a line or two because he's he's okay. kind of Michael's trigger man a, throughout the movie. Yeah, it's about a straight laced guy who just wants to get out of this with his jackass friend who keeps fucking things up for him. Like it's very Clerks. Yeah. Is uh that's weird. That's a weird realization. And then it ends with the uh, shooting. <laughs> sure, which does. is the original ending of Clerks. That is weird. That is weird to me. Um, but it very much is Scorsese's Clerks. Yeah. Uh, I don't know how to reconcile that in my brain. I don't. I don't know. I don't know that we can. Yeah. I love when De Niro's just shooting a gun on the roof. That was very Ziggy of him. Yeah, and then he just throws a fucking... Because he keeps making these little bombs. He just throws yeah. one over there. He shoots into a woman's apartment, and we yeah, hear and her then he scream. And he's like, I'm uh, sorry, lady. I really didn't mean to do that. <laughs> yeah, I, w- I definitely... All right, I want to talk about the, the, the wise guy aspect. Because we said this at the intro. This really is, and I think it's on purpose, like a cartoonish... Yeah portrayal of italian americans it's a lot of hey hey like overlapping yeah um it, it's 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 over the top yeah over the top well i mean he's all every scorsese movie pretty much like the the he tends to portray or he likes to get into demystifying mobsters because it's just like yeah, yeah they're just you know they're just bozos who who uh got lucky in crime i mean Right, exactly. They're, um, they're still going to laugh at the same dumb things that we all laugh at. Yeah. And they're still going to do what, make dumb mistakes. The evolution of mob stuff, because you didn't watch The Sopranos, did you? No, only the first season. Yeah, I need to go back and watch it. Yeah. One of the, my favorite threads is that they themselves reference mob movies because like they're like they're they clearly would. playing it up yeah yeah ex- exactly of course they would yeah uh they like there's a part where um a character gets made uh you know they the, the ceremony and stuff mm-hmm. and they they purposefully make him think he's getting killed <laughs> like <laughs> as a joke <laughs> yeah exactly as a gag they're like they're not talking to him they're being really serious <laughs> they're bringing him to this room and he's terrified and it's like oh yeah you're like it's stuff like that where yeah. they're like playing off of it. It's it would it makes it funny because when I saw the Untouchables for the first time, I had already seen a bunch of Scorsese mob movies. Oh yeah, and the Untouchables goes the exact opposite direction where Brian De Palma makes the mafia like impenetrable and terrifying and like mysterious. Right. They're they're like they're played almost like monsters in in um, Untouchables. Um, which, and it, like, 
it's effective and it's done well and it's a good idea to do. It just struck me as funny when I saw it because I was so used to like the Scorsese version, right. which is like, yeah, they're not vampires. They're just a couple of assholes with guns. Exactly. Yeah. There's something <laughs> scary. There's there's a there's a. I always find mob movies scary because of the way they kill people. Yeah, it's so it's sudden. so abrupt. It's abrupt. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I don't know if that's reality or not oh, well, it's just scorsese's to... very good at making it scary like that and the sopranos did that too yeah where it's like things can turn or like they'll they'll lure you in with the intent to the point that it's like a horror movie moment where in goodfellas where he's like yeah go down there get some coats yeah and she's like nope yeah probably <laughs> shouldn't do that yeah yeah <laughs> I, for, from what you know, because Goodfellas is based on the Henry Hill's book, and The Irishman is based yeah. on uh, Frank—I forget his name—that guy's book. Like that's been a pretty for all, all these former gangsters who have done memoirs and stuff. That's been a pretty constant thing that they agree on is that when somebody gets killed, it is very sudden, and it's usually yeah one of those kinds of situations. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so that's what surprised me the most about this movie is that. We, this isn't really a mob movie. Like mm. you said, it's people on the outside. Yeah. So it's, they're they're on the edges, they're on the fringes. So like, it's more like a buddy movie? Uh, yeah, it's, it's like it's, four it's, friends it's, trying to, trying to break in uh, to the, yeah. to the underworld in New York City. And it's like, and it's like, Tony, one of the characters, he just runs a bar and it seems like he goes with them on like their collection stuff and he does like some low level scams with Michael, but he doesn't yeah. really seem like that into it. And then you got Michael who's doing like low level uh, fencing. Um, and then you've got, I don't know what the hell John, Johnny's doing. <laughs> He's just doing whatever. He's and then, doing what's in his heart. And then you got Harvey Keitel who's like the most respectable and like. Yeah, he has like the actual suits, but really all he's doing is going around town collecting his uncle's debts. And then we, there's literally a scene where he has to like put his ear to the door of the bathroom to like listen in to his uncle's mob conversation. Right, like that's like they're they're a bunch of kids basically on the outside like trying to play grownups. Is is yeah, the vibe? Yeah, that's a good way of putting it. Yeah, yeah, and it's yeah, it doesn't go great. And no, it does again, not. You, for, <laughs> you forget that they're supposed to be a bunch of kids because they look fucking 50 yeah uh yeah and then of course it wouldn't be a 70s um scorsese film without incredibly problematic characters yeah in the mix it, some it, n-words it, it did all right uh, and for a while the, like it did all right for a while it like did half all right, of the movie then, i was like okay this isn't too bad and then yeah. then <laughs> on the moment a gay character shows up i was like uh-oh oh no it's like uh yeah it's it's like seeing a kid on a unicycle you're like oh shit uh and you're like you start like bracing yeah uh and it's not good yeah it could have been worse it could have been worse uh they they make the gay character i guess i want to say likable but it's a problem with a lot of early lgbt portrayals um is that they're like oddly horny? Well, I mean, you know what I mean. Like, I had that thought, and here's the thought that I had, and I, I'm, I'm not the There's person a, to speak on this issue. It's just, you know, it was, you still had to really, really not be public about it. So, like, and the character's supposed to be kind of shit faced. 
So right. it's like the stuff that he normally has to like keep a pretty firm lid on. Now he's sledding out. That's how I interpreted it. I'm not sure how accurate it is to real life. Obviously, yeah. I can't speak to that experience. But yeah, that's. I thought maybe that might be a, a, a reason for it. But it, you know, I don't know. Who knows? I mean, here's the thing: is that I don't. I don't need to make excuses exactly for early Scorsese nope. Nope. because it is problematic. It is of problematic. Course it is. Yeah, it is known as being problematic. Yes, um, you know, like that's just how it is. Yeah. I get when like a character is racist. Yeah, it's like yeah, they're gonna say racist shit. Yeah. Um, but it's more like with early Scorsese, it's like casual racism. That's and the again, issue, it's yeah. like yeah, and you could argue like that is how they would talk. Uh, and it's like, yeah, but I want to like them. Yeah, <laughs> like you're I already like the characters. You're already challenging you're already us making... enough that they're like in in a lot of these movies they're like gangsters and murderers and shit. Like they're not always right. these these charming, uh, likable characters that are just kind of like rascals. Like sometimes yeah. they're doing some real serious crimes. <laughs> so it's like yeah, you're already and also, yeah. It's a movie. Yeah, just yeah, you can you can you can you can change you can what the take characters that say. <laughs> like I don't yeah. I don't need it to be a hundred percent true to life. But it, it's definitely just of the of its time. Yeah, it's of um, its time for sure. But it's very like oof. I mean, it's nothing. It's it's not. It's nothing like this early era, Tarantino. That's for sure. <laughs> oh Christ! <laughs> yeah. Good God! <laughs> yeah. They all think they're fucking. They I don't all know, think gritty. they're so cool. And like, what, what was Just, that? What was that goddamn movie we watched? Pool Hall Junkies. Where like, the, oh yeah, the opening scene is the main character who's also the writer director just throwing a bunch of hard R N words in there. Yeah, and it's like, what to is the point Glenn of this? Plummer's face? And it's just like, why yeah. is this how we're introduced yeah. to this character? <laughs> Right. It's like, are you just trying to be the coolest guy in like, the dorm? What the f- yeah. Like, what, it's, who, it's such, it's, who are you impressing with this shit? It's such a fucking open mic thing to do. Like, this is yeah. like a fucking open mic comic trying to get some heat. It's, <laughs> it's real like, edgelord dude, bullshit. Just don't fucking say that. How about that? Yeah, it's some yeah. real edgelord bullshit. Anyway. Yeah. This is like, it's, 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 this is like, it also goes into the idea of like a gay man in movies at this time was like seen as funny yeah you know what i mean it's autom- automatically a comic relief characters just be- yeah. because they are gay yeah yeah so it's it's a th- it's a series of yeah like oh christ it's a series of things uh, that were problematic in movies at the time yeah just and unleashed on us <laughs> unleashed and and it's just yeah like a but, shotgun blast but not as bad as it could have been i suppose <laughs> no. again it was literally like it was like it was like visiting like a, a like a racist old relative where you leave and you're like that could have gone worse yeah, that could have been more racist that's all right yeah. that's- you're like sweating the whole time and you're like geez what are you gonna do scorsese um there's yeah what is oh i can't still bad oh it's i'm can't thinking of enough. i'm thinking can't of the um, it's like i'm thinking of the lisa's wedding episode where homer says something to her oh, her yeah. fiance's parents and he's like oh well, that wasn't that bad. <laughs> I think it was Octopussy. I must like, have seen that movie, movie twice. twice. <laughs> and he's like, well, that he's wasn't like, yeah. that bad. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was, that was perfect. Um, I want to talk about uh, the fact that my, one of my favorite scumbag cliches, one of them has a tiger. A tiger. The tiger scene. Is it a tiger? What's in that cage? A it looks like a tiger. Bull. That was a pit bull? It was a pit bull. Oh, it was so bad. Ah, oh, damn it. I hoped it was a tiger. Yeah. It was so briefly seen. It was very cute. 
I, 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 this was uh, branching into my most favorite cliche, which is wise guys versus nature, <laughs> uh, which you only see a few times. Yeah. Sopranos has a classic. The Pine Barrens, but yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. But this, like, them just nervous about this fucking animal. Yeah, none uh, of them want to be around it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just like, nope. Yeah, for people who don't know, the Pine Barrens episode of Sopranos basically is a whole episode devoted to these guys are scary. You know what's scarier? The woods. Yeah. <laughs> They're not wrong. Yeah. And just... they go they go to kill this guy and he gets away. And he's like this weird, quiet Russian guy who clearly knows the woods. And so it's just two wise guys in like suits trying to live in the woods. And they they're like trying to get out of the woods. It's, and they're uh, it's, just it's Christopher so out of their and Polly, right? Yeah. And it's like it couldn't be. It's such a delightful Those are the episode. Two perfect dudes too. <laughs> to yeah, be and lost it's like in the woods. yeah, it's like a bottle episode where it's like this is just it's standalone. <laughs> this is a problem they didn't anticipate, and we're gonna stop everything for them to have to figure it out. <laughs> it's delightful. Yeah, they find like an abandoned car and have to like sleep in it, and they're like crying and whining, and they're so cold. Oh man, I need to watch Sopranos. Yeah, nature, man, (laughs) it's fucking wild. Yeah, you know that John Favreau's in the Sopranos, right? No, but that checks out. You know who he plays? Mm -mm. Himself. Sure, that also checks out. Yeah, I'm almost certain it's John Favreau. I know it's, uh, yeah, I'm pretty, someone's yelling at me right now. Uh, That's I'm fine. Googling it. Yeah, 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 he's in The Sopranos. I don't, I think he plays himself, he plays a, a filmmaker. Okay. Yeah. So I'm guessing it's himself. <clears throat> so do we have any more thoughts about Mean Streets? Well, I just want to say that it is, in fact, John Vavro as himself. Confirmed. Sure. You heard it here first. Yeah. Um, anything to say about Mean Streets? Um, let's see. Um, wise guy versus nature. Uh, I'm I'm just looking for my notes. I really like that cop exchange where he was like, oh, "I'll yeah. give you car fare," and he's like, "Where are you going? New Jersey?" And he gives him, and he's like, "Actually, Pencil- Philadelphia." Yeah, we're going to Philadelphia, and he has to give him a little bit more yeah, money. That was that was solid. Uh, the random part where he talks about coming blood in his dream. Oh yeah, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, that's, that feels, that's that a, that's feels a, Tarantino. That's a dream you don't tell people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Certainly not the um, person you were dreaming about having sex with. Right. Uh, what was some of the other music? There was so many, there was so many songs Stones. where I was like, um, oh yeah, yeah. Um, Be My Baby. God, yeah. um, Be My Baby. There's just a lot of like, oh yeah, this is all going to show up in later. Yeah. It's all, this, I, yeah. That's what this movie feels like to me. It feels like Scorsese figuring out a lot of stuff mm-hmm. that he's going to polish later. Yeah, he even does the um the tracking shot, but he doesn't they don't have a steady cam yet, so it's done right. handheld, but it's still done a couple of times where it's following Harvey Keitel through the club and then there's a, right. they do it during the the pool hall brawl where it, the camera's following right behind people as they're chasing each other around this room. Yeah, it's and really I guess funny. that that was going to be my final thought is like if you really like Scorsese and you haven't fil- seen this film, or if you just like Scorsese, if you're interested, it's very educational to watch mm-hmm. in terms of... It's still... It has enough of his technique in there, because a, a lot of his technique lies in making scenes where it's really just people having conversations, just really yeah. interesting and engaging. That's why I can sit there and watch The Irishman, even though it's four hours long, and it's really just people talking. 
Um, right. But early filmmaker stuff, I feel like like going back and watching Duel, mm-hmm. you know, watching early directors Duel who are is, like- is pretty cool, actually. Yeah, where you see, like, now they have every resource. There's something educational about it because you get to see, like, these, you know, film geniuses figuring stuff out. Mm-hmm. Um, what is that movie? The Following? Is that the- um, Nolan? The Killing. No, the I'm thinking of The Killing. That's um, Kubrick's- Ah. Not his first movie, but a very early Kubrick. Yeah. That one always fascinated me because it doesn't look like him, but it also kind of looks like him. Um, so, like, for that reason, this is a good movie and educational. I just think as a movie, I, I, I think it's too dated. Like, I think yeah. most people are going to watch this and be bored. It is. And it, it's, yeah. Yeah, I, could, I could see people being... I mean, it kept my... I mean, you know, I just... Yeah, was delighted to watch De Niro playing a character he doesn't normally play. Yeah, I'm just saying that not only will it make you bored, but I don't blame you. Is I guess what I'm saying. It's yeah. Is that structurally it's not great. Like the structure of this film is it's again it's all leading up to one moment. Basically, Uh, it's almost like an art house in its structure. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and I think that it cause it's it's. It's there's nothing wrong with it. Obviously, it's made by Scorsese. Yeah. I mean, nothing wrong with it other than uh, the portrayal of yeah, yeah. There's some problematic content. Yeah, um, I feel like even in, uh, as like someone who's sort of Italian, uh, quarter Italian, watching the portrayal of Italians, I'm like, oh, <laughs> all right. <laughs> I guess we do say a sometimes. I don't know. We do say gabagoo. Gabagoo. <laughs> um, it's not as bad as Don Juan when it was a bunch of non-Italian right, at actors. These, at least these people are Italian. Yeah, exactly. Um, what was I gonna say? Oh, I don't know. It's uh, yeah. I don't, I forgot what I was gonna say. Uh, it's fine. We were talking about yeah, yeah. I I don't think you have to go out of your way to see it unless you're a big Scorsese nut, and if you're a Scorsese is, nut, uh, yeah. I feel like you've already seen it. It was, uh, I like I said at the top, I was surprised at how f- formed he kind of already is at this point. Like, there's, it, yeah. it is identifiably a Scorsese movie. Absolutely, <clears throat> absolutely, it is so Scorsese. Yeah. Uh, because, well, I think here's the reason why is Scorsese in terms of technique, he doesn't really need much resources Not to really, do the no. things he does. Yeah. Um, he needs a music budget. Yeah, I've uh, I, I read that over half of this movie's budget, or right around there, was just for the music. Again, yeah. like Clerks. Like Clerks, yeah, you're right. God damn it, it's his Clerks. It's his Clerks, yeah. That's so Oh, I weird. remember what I was going to say. There's a copy of The Godfather in uh, Harvey Keitel's room. Oh, neat. Yeah. I yeah. I, I, I had read that uh, Coppola put some money into this movie. Um, oh, okay. And then, of course, you know, obviously De Niro goes to be in the, uh, the sequel. Yeah, yeah. Oh, cool. Cool little Easter egg. Yeah, just a little copy of the book on his nightstand. Yeah. <clears throat> that's all right. it. That's all I had. <laughs> that's, that's a neat fact. That's a neat fact. Yeah, there it is. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't regret watching it, obviously. No, not at all. Not at all. Yeah. I've been meaning, like, that was kind of part of our decision. You were like, I've been meaning to get around to yeah, it's, Mean it's, Streets. Yeah, it's one of his, I'm not like a, I haven't. I'm far from having seen every one of his movies, but it's a director I enjoy, and it's one of these movies that I've just been meaning to watch for a long time. His early work, man, I was looking at it, and this is what, what I realized, because I was like, you know, nowadays he'll make, like, Hugo and shit, mm-hmm. and he's he doesn't make children's movies, but you go back and there's, like, 
After Hours and Kings of Comedy, and and it's just like, yeah, he was all over the place. Raging he was Bull. always Raging Bull. He's never not been all over the place. We just always honed in on his crime stuff. Yeah, his crime stuff, I think, tended to be his most financially successful. So that's the stuff yeah. that gets all the attention. And then, of course, The Color of Money is one of my favorite early- I always forget that's him. Yeah. Well, it, th- here's the other thing I don't realize about him. He made The Color of Money and Cape Fear. He He's a studio director in a way. He's making sequels and remakes. Yeah. Like, that's he's like we, we tend to you know think of him as precious- but it's like, that's like directors now, you know, where it's like, yeah, you want to do this remake of a horror film? And it's like, sure, why not? Uh, that's money. You know, like, it's it's weird to think about that he's doing like, and like when Color of Money came out, you think film nerds were like, that doesn't need a sequel. Probably. Why would that need a sequel? Oh, and you got the Top Gun guy? What the fuck is this? <laughs> uh, and that movie's delightful. I love the Color of Money. But yeah, it it's weird. It's just weird to think about his early career in those terms of like when it happened at the time it, it, there's got to be film nerds who are like you don't need to remake cape fear the fuck who's gonna replace robert mitchum uh and the answer is robert de niro yeah because of course yeah who else yeah <laughs> um oh man i mean yeah yeah <clears throat> robert de niro's like his shia labeouf to his michael bay yeah at the time yeah exactly He's just sticking him in everything fuck it make a transformers movies with all the with <laughs> all with all these old <laughs> bastards in it <laughs> throw throw pacino and de niro into a transformers oh, yeah. movie i don't care make them the yeah. transformers <laughs> just shuffling along yeah oh i want it <laughs> uh i don't have anything else to say all right. <laughs> about mean hey. streets hey Hey, David hey. Knife Boot Henson, thank you so much. Yes, indeed. Thank you so much. This was a lot of fun. Yeah, um, for sure. This was through our Patreon, and if you're interested, you can go to patreon.com slash gamefullyunemployed, uh, along with tiers where you can get your own We Just Watched episodes. We also have exclusive podcasts like Tom and Jeff Watch Batman and Fox Mulder is a Maniac and Star Trek The Next Futurama, and we watch movies every Friday night with our patrons. We do all sorts of stuff on there. Uh, so, you know, you, you want, you want to check it out. You should check it out. You should go on the webpage. Do those things. We also have a store, tpublic.com slash store slash gamefully unemployed. We can get t-shirts, masks, mugs, stickers, posters, all kinds of things. So check that out. Why don't check you? Check it out. Why don't you? A, Why don't you? A gabagoo. Gabagoo. <laughs> a, I'm walking here. I'm walking over here. I'm walking here. <laughs>